It's not a crime to lose all your money. It's just stupid. It's another episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Eb Dawson, that deep-thinking philosopher character on the old TV series Green Acres, he's the person who uttered that profound statement, which serves as a title for today's show. It's not a crime to lose all your money. It's just stupid. (laughs) If you go over to my personal website, randycantrell.com, I kind of update folks about what's going on with me. You already know because you're listening, but for those that don't, I've got a section over there about some of my favorite quotes, and that's listed. And not just recently. It's been been listed for a long, long time. I've loved that line since I first heard it. I have no idea how long ago that was. I was a kid. I was a kid who watched the Andy Griffith show, Green Acres, F Troop, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched, Mikhail's Navy. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Glad that you clicked play. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. There was an online article that was entitled Six Signs You Can't Afford Your Lifestyle. And that prompted me to immediately think about this quote from Eb Dawson, this quote that I have loved for years and years and years. It's not a crime to lose all your money. It's just stupid. Um Let's look at this article a little bit. I, I think it's a, a Yahoo, yahoo.com finance article. Dated Wednesday, August the 24th. Six signs you can't afford your lifestyle. The article begins by talking about this inflation that we all know oh so well. And the article claims that because of cost of living going up and wages not necessarily being able to keep pace around 80% of Americans are making lifestyle changes in order to accommodate all of this crazy pricing. I, I believe it. That's fine. We have been downsizing and aiming for a more modest lifestyle, not necessarily provoked by that, mostly provoked by our age but listen, I, I, I can be as guilty of surrendering to clickbait as the next person. Six signs you can't afford your lifestyle. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm wondering what these six signs are. There surely have got to be way more than that. But the number one thing is you're living paycheck to paycheck. The article says if you have little to no money left over after paying your bills, you're not alone. Around 64%. of American adults are living paycheck to paycheck. And that's according to a 2022 lending club survey. And it's not just a problem for those with low incomes. 
because the article states the same survey found that 49% of adults who earn more than a hundred thousand dollars a year were living paycheck to paycheck. If you can't afford to put any money towards saving or retirement, you may not be able to afford your lifestyle. Well, you may not be able to, uh, let me make a bold statement. You can't, <laughs> you can't afford your lifestyle. There is no maybe to it. If you're making a hundred K a year and you're living paycheck to paycheck, then you're, you're living above your means living paycheck to paycheck. We've all done it. Haven't we? Okay. Maybe you didn't. You're special. <laughs> the rest of us, we've certainly experienced maybe moments, maybe sustained periods of time where we lived paycheck to paycheck. When I think about living paycheck to paycheck, I mean, there's a couple of thoughts. Some people they're living paycheck to paycheck and it's fine. They're cash flowing their life. They're not living opulent. They're not trying to live above their, they're just trying to live. And I say this because I know firsthand some people who life situations and job situations just have put them in a position where frankly, they're thankful to be living paycheck to paycheck. They're thankful that they are able to cash flow their life and frankly, not much else. And in many cases, they are living rather austere lives, but they're making it. Now you can say, well, man, what a hopeless situation that is. Could be, uh, but it could be temporary. It could feel hopeless if it were maybe a longer term kind of a thing. But then there are those folks that are living paycheck to paycheck and they're, they're making way above average incomes but they're also attempting to live way above average. I just, I look at those two situations very differently and yet they're both under this category of living paycheck to paycheck. The second sign that you can't afford your lifestyle that they list here is you can't afford an emergency expense. The article states one side effect of living paycheck to paycheck is that it's difficult to build an emergency fund. Only 39% of Americans can afford to comfortably cover a $1,000 emergency expense, according to a 2022 bank rate survey. Unfortunately, many people don't realize this is a problem for them until an emergency occurs. One of the kind of standard metaphors for maybe being in a little bit of financial distress is we're all just kind of one busted hot water heater away from having to scramble. Uh, that was, that was true when hot water heaters were about $300 and it's true now that they're, I don't know, what are they north of a thousand bucks? Thanks to the supply chain issues, you can't afford an emergency expense. It's optimal. There's no question. It's optimal to have some reserves. It's optimal to, I don't know, what does Dave Ramsey preach? You know, to have three months, three months income set aside as a reserve. But for some people that can be a really, that can be a really tough, if not impossible thing to do. Can you, 
get your hands on a thousand dollars. If something happens, the car breaks or whatever, and you need to, I, for many people, well, this says 39% of Americans can comfortably afford to cover a thousand bucks, 39%. Okay. Which necessarily means that 61% can't. So what do they do? Well, some of them, they have access to credit because they've got credit cards. So hot water heater blows up, then they can use plastic. Is it optimal? No, it's not optimal, but you and I both know necessity sometimes isn't optimal. Emergencies happen, man. The stories that we hear over and over and over again of people, particularly that have car trouble. And need help getting a car repaired, getting a car fixed because they just can't afford the repair bill. It's a, it's a common thing. You can't afford an emergency expense. Again, I'm going to make a distinction. You're living paycheck to paycheck. You can't afford an emergency expense, but you're living a frugal life. You're doing the best you can. I can tell you, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of single moms. I'm thinking of the single mom who is having to work like crazy to just put food on the table and to, to keep the kids safe and whatnot. And no, she, she, she doesn't have enough margin in her life to set a bunch of money aside. Um, she may have a perfectly good job, but if she's in a major market like Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, Rent rates are not cheap. I don't care if she lives in kind of a bad part of town. The rent rates are still going to be substantial. She's doing the best she can. I got a hard time judging that as opposed to the person again, who's just, they're just blitzing through money because, Hey, they want the new car. They want the new, this, they want the new, that. Oh, by the way, no, they don't have an emergency fund. I mean, I'm, I'm with Eb Dawson. It's just stupid. The third thing they list as a sign that you can't afford your lifestyle is your credit card debt is increasing. The article says life happens and big expenses like medical bills and appliance repairs sometimes have to go on the credit card. The problem is not paying off your credit card causes their interest to kick in, which can quickly balloon your debt. There's no question. No question that this is not the optimal way to go. And yet we all know a lot of people, this is the way they go because they can. I was still a rather young person when credit card companies began to blitz college campuses all over the country, giving kids, giving students credit cards. I don't, I don't think that had ever been done before. And it created this avalanche of, wait a minute, I, I can just... <laughs> I can just charge it. And I think it contributed, I'm not saying it's completely responsible, but it certainly contributed to an incredible growth in financial ninnies. People that just not a clue, not a clue about how to navigate the financial waters of life. Credit card payments and our inability to keep up with those payments or to just meet the minimum and to continue to pay that 21% plus interest rate. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It certainly is a sign that you can't afford your lifestyle, whatever that lifestyle may be. Number four, your income decreases, but your spending doesn't. The article says an emergency fund is a helpful way to pay your bills if your income decreases due to a job loss. But your savings can sustain you long term if your expenses continue, but your savings can't, I'm sorry, can't sustain you long term if your expenses continue to surpass your income. There are likely way too many among us who some situation happens, something happens, and maybe the income goes down and we just continue like it didn't. I've read enough and I've looked enough and I've talked to enough people. It seems to me that one problem, I'm not saying it's systemic and widespread, but I've noticed it is just not wanting to face it. Depression setting in getting into a funk and I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about it. And so we just want to try to keep on, keep on going and listen, we, we all understand it. There's a hit to our pride. There's a hit to our ego. There's what's everybody going to think. I need to, I need to, I need to keep putting, you know, a good shine on this whole thing. I notice it. And I began to notice it many, many years ago, particularly with dining out. And I've always felt bad. I've always felt badly. If somebody's in the party and I know they really can't afford this. And yet, you know, the, the, the mob is, Hey, let's all go to so-and-so and, and grab a bite to eat. And it's like, so I, I get it. I understand the pressure that somebody must be under to, I want to, I want to be part of the crowd. I still want to be able to do these things because I once could. And yeah, well, I wish I had an easy answer for you when it comes to those kinds of situations. And again, I do make a distinction, at least in my head. Now the end result is the same, but it feels very different for me. An income decreasing, but your spending doesn't. And again, let's go back to the stereotypical single mother living an austere life, got a decent job, but maybe cutbacks, whatever she loses the job. Well, okay. I mean, she's got to pay the rent. She's got to pay utilities. She's got to feed her kids. She's not buying anything outside of necessities and hasn't for a long time. Her spending hasn't decreased, even though her income has yet. Yeah, welcome to the land of being stuck. Number five of the six signs that you can't afford your lifestyle. You're hiding your spending habits. You're hiding your spending habits. You know, I've done an episode about be a Buffalo. Stop hiding. I, I think there's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of our challenges and problems that stem from our hiding our just our refusal to just face the reality and say, this is, this is where I'm at. It's a moment in time. It's not the permanent definition of who I am, but I got to deal with this. I mean, take the couple that may not be able to afford to go out to eat, but the crowd's kind of doing it. No, y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. And you just bow out. But this number five, you're hiding your spending habits. 
the article says, if you find yourself hiding your purchases from a loved one or significant other, ask yourself why I, I just can't relate to this at all. I just, I've, I've, I, I haven't even been able to hide my buying my wife a present. <laughs> so that's how I roll the article cites the story of a couple they had a combined yearly income of $175,000. Uh, they had a reasonable mortgage, typical car payments, $5,000 in credit card debt, but the accountant just couldn't, could not figure out the, the numbers. And so we had a meeting with the couple. And finally the husband said, well, I have a secret credit card and it's got $35,000 worth of debt on it. The article says as tears welled up in his eyes, his wife responded, I too have a credit card that I've kept from him and it has $25,000 on it. The article says this is an extreme example, but it shows how keeping your spending in the dark is easier than bringing it to light. So here, here's a couple that between them, they got $60,000 of credit card debt. She knows about her 25,000. He knows about his 35,000, but they don't know about the others. Oh, but that's, that's not a marriage that's in any kind of trouble. <laughs> number six, the number six sign that you can't afford your lifestyle. You can't keep up with multiple lifestyle debts. The article asked the question, is your home or car bigger or more luxurious than you need? Well, I would say for many of us, the answer to that is yes, yes. Spending too much in these areas is a telltale sign that you can't afford your lifestyle. Home and car payments, says this expert, home and car payments shouldn't make up over 50% of a person's income. This is a general rule, but the lower the monthly percentage of your income that goes toward home and auto, the better off you will be financially. Okay. It's not a crime to lose all your money. It's just stupid. Here's my question, and this is really the main reason that I clicked play. I'm, I'm curious about your relationship to money. I'm curious about how you view money. I'm curious your relationship to your income. I'm curious, I'm curious to what degree you feel like your self-worth is tied, not necessarily to your income, but to your spending. Whether, that, whether your ability to spend is real or imagined, <laughs> because a lot of people are spending money they don't have. So, you know, I, I, don't we believe that there, there are some among us who are just kind of living this fantasy life where we're, we're, it's like we're, we're make-believe. I mean, it's like we're preschoolers again, just plain pretend, except the money is real and the debts are real and they mount and they mount and they mount and they mount and. I know not everybody is a fan of debt-free living. I am. It's just liberating. I once was, I once was exposed to a phrase that kind of captured my attention. I had lost, I'd lost some weight and the statement was nothing tastes as good as thin feels. Now, you know, for me, it wasn't just about being thin. It was really about being more fit. Uh, but 
the phrase wasn't lost on me. Nothing tastes as good as thin feels. I would say I I'm not a clever enough wordsmith, but there's something to being debt free as well. There are a few things that are as liberating as being debt free. There are a few things that are as liberating as knowing that you can afford your lifestyle may not be great, may not be wonderful, may not, you may not be keeping up with all the buddies, but you know, you can afford it, which is more important to you. Is it more important to be part of the, but everybody's going to go out to eat. You know, it's going to be a minimum of $30 ordeal and you can't afford it. What are you going to do? You're going to bow out. And if so, how are you going to do that? Are you going to bow out and tell everybody, oh, listen, uh, you know, we can't afford to, or are you just going to gracefully bow out so that it doesn't look like you're trying to get somebody to pick up the tab for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm the type that's just going to say, nah, I don't, I'm not interested. Y'all go ahead. But I know that that can be a tough, tough thing. It can be a really, really tough thing. So how do you handle all that stuff? How do you view money? To what do you ascribe your relationship to money? You know, for many of us, it goes all the way back to being really, really young. I'd love to tell you my relationship with money is perfectly fine and perfectly healthy, but there, there've been times when that's absolutely not true. There've also been times where the amount of money I made, forget the amount of money spent, but the amount of money I made seemed to be some, uh, somewhat of a barometer to just my worth. Oh, I know that that's not true. Intellectually, I know that's not true, but psychologically and emotionally, there've been times in my life where it felt true. I mean, proof that we can all be deluded, even a brilliant guy like me. It's not a crime to lose all your money. It's just stupid. I'm trying not to lose all my money. <laughs> I'm not just trying to hang on to it. I am trying to architect the encore chapter of our life with it. So trying to put it to good use. My prayer for myself, my prayer for me and Rhonda is for us to be wise with our money, for us to handle it well, for us to make good, wise decisions, to be good stewards of the things that God has blessed us with. And for us to be self-sufficient, for us to live a sustainable life, for us to not be a burden to one another, to our family, to anybody else. I get it. We're at a phase of life where that can kind of be the priority. But I'm not sure that that can't be the priority no matter what our age is. I perfectly understand being in your 20s and 30s and even 40s and you know you're running with other parents and you just you've got a bigger social circle than we do at this stage of our life uh, but i got a newsflash for you some of that is just not a stage of life for us some of that's just a choice it's absolutely a choice i've told you before i kind of get tickled oh you know what we need we need to, we we all need more time together i'm like well, you speak for yourself. I don't 
I don't know that I need that. Money is a big, big deal. I wish it weren't, but you and I both know that it is. And we've all got to really work hard and try to lean into wisdom so that we can afford our lifestyle. And if we can't, then we've got only two options. We either can increase our income so that we can afford the lifestyle, or we have to decrease our lifestyle so that we can afford it. Either way, we have to find a path forward so we can afford our lifestyle, whatever it may be. Me? Oh, man, live. I'm, I'm racing towards simplicity and modesty. And I make no apologies for it. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. My name is Randy Cantrell, coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Studio.